Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Curbison. Join with Reed Bacon. We've got a great one today because the Vols won. Uh, we got our first 10-win season since 03. We're looking at a New York Six Bowl. Life is still good. Life is still very good. Before we get into the game, if y'all are watching on YouTube, please uh, like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Leave comments. Uh, we love answering those. And if you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download and follow all of our, all of our pages. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, at Believe in Tennessee for our main account on Twitter, at rbacon 26 read at Kyler Kerberson for myself on all the social media platforms. And then also we have merch. I'm wearing it right now. How we doing, bud? Uh, goes along with the theme of the show. Great color scheme. I uh, can't go wrong with orange and white. And uh, so go check those out. But we break down the whole Vandy game. We talk about offense and defense, what was good, what wasn't. We also say what we're thankful for, uh, give you guys a little recap of our Thanksgiving and pick our favorite sides. Uh, and then we finish the pod with a college football ranking conversation and why there is this narrative of Alabama above us, even though we won the head-to-head matchup. So great stuff. Uh, let's jump into it. By the game. Snap. The kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught. Tennessee, Tennessee wins. all right, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. It is the place to go for betting. It is your number one source for betting. They have all the odds, all the team totals, all the parlays that you could ever want, and they cover every sport. You got NFL, you got NBA, you got tennis, you got golf, you got baseball, you got everything you could think of. It is the place to go if you're going to bet on anything and make anything exciting. So for first-time signups, go over to betonline.ag, and for a 50% welcome bonus, use promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V at checkout and receive that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Another great podcast coming in. Uh, super excited that we finished with a win. We finished on a high note. Um, and we are going to break down the entire game. Uh, but before we get into that, as we always do, Reed, how are we doing, bud? Hey, don't say we ain't finished yet. We ain't finished yet. <laughs> Calm down. We got we got some we got some ball left to play. That's right. Um, finish the regular season, I should say. 
There you go. There you go. Uh, man, happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, we should have done it on our last pod, uh, but that last pod was brutal. Uh, I mean, just coming off of a loss, like Very I, I hadn't seen you upset like that in a hot minute. So, yeah, we – I mean, we forgot to wish people a happy Thanksgiving. And then I tweeted out from the account, which was true. Like, I was trying to stay off my phone, not being on a bunch of social media and stuff like that, which, uh, as we've been over a kajillion times, is not my strong suit of being on there and, and putting a bunch of stuff out. But I did want to wish and just say, you know, how thankful uh, – you know, that, that we are for anybody that's ever listened or ever supported. And I know we say it, but I think we will continue to say it uh, often. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the number one thing that, you know, with this podcast, like, it's just so thankful that people care enough to listen to us. Like, it honestly blows my mind sometimes. But um, definitely very thankful for the listeners. Uh, and had a great Thanksgiving had my wife's family come in um, and celebrate with us. Everybody brought, you know, a couple dishes and we made some and had a great night. Uh, actually did it on Friday. Um, so it was, it was awesome. It was a great weekend. Went on a nice walk on Saturday. Where'd you go? Did you go, did you go by to, uh, um, Radnor Lake, by any chance? I did not go to Radnor Lake. I went to uh, Hidden Lake. Where? Hidden Hidden Lake. What's like, it? Yeah, it's like a cool little uh, quarry um, oh, okay. that they originally built in Nashville as like a resort. Like there was like a resort and like it was a man-made quarry for like swimming hmm. and everything like that. And now it's, you know just a quarry and I think it's like a uh, protected land or whatever and just but yeah it's a really cool where, where that? I've never I didn't even heard of that yeah it's dope where's um what like where is it like what part of Nashville uh so headed west yeah like 25 minutes from us so one of my favorite spots over there in Nashville is Narrows of the Harpeth. Narrows of the Harpeth. I've never heard yeah, of I'll that. Yeah, I'll take you on it. It's not a long hike, but it's definitely a cool little spot to go over and do. Um, it's That's funny. Right. We, we I was in Memphis, and we also did Thanksgiving on Friday, which your boy was not fired up that I had to wait the next day because you know – that our Thanksgiving meal, uh, whether my mom or my aunt cooks it, is my favorite meal of all time. You know, my birthday's May third, so it's like a summer birthday. If you're you know, uh, if you're sitting if you're sitting in death row, yes, your last yes, meal you're doing Thanksgiving. Yes, 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 we actually we call it our death row meal because uh, Lee and Liz, my cousins, also say that it's their favorite of all time, and it would be their death row meal. You know, I always say like if if I was on death row for freaking you know, stomping some, you know, South Carolina fan or Kentucky or Vandy fan. And they're like, Hey, what do you want? You're about to, you're about to meet your maker. I'm gonna be like, well, you got to call my mom and my aunt because they're the ones that do it. So, but yeah, we, so now that Lee and Liz are married, you know, Liz has to go to Bailey's Lee has to go to Austin. So it was just easy for us to wait till Friday, but, um, 
I still got plenty of leftovers, bro. I felt I, cause I really do do a better job now of watching what I eat. Um, and kind of ain't what you felt awful, didn't you? But yeah, like, like I do some intermittent fasting kind of in a way, like I'm not like super strict on it all the time, but like, I really yeah. try to, you know, watch my calorie intake because your boy is hiking on up there a little bit and I need to get back down below. Hey, come join me. Come join <laughs> exactly. me. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've been hovering at like probably two seventeen, two eighteen, And I really, and I will be, I will by summer, I'll be back down to like two Oh five or shredded. Uh, no, I don't know about shredded, but I'll be, <laughs> I'll, I'll be feeling much better. But, so anyways, going into this weekend, I I was managing pretty well. Like, I still woke up and ran and worked out. And the first night we ate, like, I, I did fine. I managed fine. But it was the next day with leftovers. And oh, I just – I crushed it, Kyler. And even, like, later the next – or even the next day, uh, Bailey and Austin ba- – ba- yeah, Bailey and Austin and I went to um, Germantown uh, workout facility there in Memphis. And uh, I went, and I, it was just my off day. So I went, stretched, just got in the sauna, rolled out before the three of us were playing hoops. And I stood on a scale. Now, granted, I had sweatpants and a sweatshirt and tennis shoes on, but it said 228. And I was like, jeez. was <laughs> a big boy. <laughs> I was like, golly. I was like, somebody's got to. Oh, dude, I, I I mean, when it comes to the winter, like your boy is gaining 10 15 pounds almost every winter. And like, literally, if you look at my pictures, you can look on the pictures on Instagram and just see based. You can see what season it is based off my face. Yeah. Cause my face gets more round. And yeah. Like thicker. Oh yeah. Um, I gain yeah. weight, but yeah. So, uh, no, so, so you can tell, you can tell from my picture too. Cause I'm like bloated and pale or like, <laughs> halfway skinny and tan in the summer so yeah um one of the most underrated things is thanksgiving leftovers uh it's like one of my favorite things just to have that after i made this sandwich oh my gosh i made this thanksgiving leftover sandwich that was the bread mayonnaise ham mashed potatoes uh stuffing uh sweet potato casserole cranberry sauce other piece of bread and it wow. was amazing it was wow i kind of i wish you would have sent me a picture of that honestly it was so good dude it's weird that you bring that up it's actually very weird because my entire life i've never heard of a leftover a thanksgiving leftovers sandwich until mm-hmm. this year, if I when someone asked me about a sandwich, I thought they just meant like a turkey sandwich because I'm not a turkey sandwich guy, but my mom and dad definitely like turkey sandwiches. This is the um, first time it, that I tried this, so okay, it was the first time you've tried it. Yeah. So 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 this yeah because I had two people this year asking asking me about leftovers and stuff like that and made a comment about the sandwich. I was like, oh yeah, I'm not a big turkey sandwich, and they're like, no, like, will you add all the leftovers? And I'm like, wow, like I have it, but. Since we do have our Thanksgiving meal again for Christmas, then I will try it. And like, I'm assuming you were like pretty, like smooth with everything. Like, it I would say, like, I would say each thing was probably two spoons. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. I'd like spread it out. 
Because, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be able to bite into that thing. Right. If you really right. stacked it. Now, did you guys do turkey or were you just ham? Just ham. I'm not a big turkey guy. And, and especially white meat because, dang, can that thing get dry. Whew. So, I am not a big turkey guy either except for this meal. And I, my mom and my aunt do a great job where it is very moist and tastes it tastes very good. Like it, yeah. it is delicious. Like oh, I'll that, like I'll eat turkey on a sandwich. I'll eat sliced turkey all the time. But like making the whole turkey, it's like you got to do it right. Yes, or it's bad. Yeah. yeah, and no, my and like I said, my aunt and my mom are great at it. So it is. It's delicious, and um, and I I like it because I'm kind of like a mix. Like so, the corn and sweet potato casserole. And maybe like if we do some sort of green bean casserole, like they can all have their sides, but dressing, aka stuffing, um, mashed potatoes with the peas on top, and then the turkey, and they all kind of have their one side, and they get the gravy on it. So it's like all three of those kind of just end up becoming one, yeah, in a way. And so, so that's why I, I kind of need the turkey, but I do love having a honey baked, and specifically a honey baked ham. Because it's a nice change of pace when you're mm-hmm. sitting there biting. Let me take a little bite of ham. It, it changes. Oh, and I love just like ripping off a slice. And y- yes. Yes. Just eating it as, yes. as you're going and filling your plate. Off a slice. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something else that's underrated as heck is at Honey Baked Ham. Um, they have a like a real kind of it's a thicker, like almost like a honey mustard. And it is dangerous how good that sauce is. Very <laughs> underrated sauce. Um. Yeah, dude. I can't. I can't go without a honey baked ham. And when I'm filling up my plate, I'm trying to get a spoon of everything, yeah. and like all around, get some roll. Like literally everything that's on the buffet, or however you do it, I'm trying to get some of it. So let's just go ahead since we're talking about it real quick. So what's your what's your three favorite sides? Three favorite sides. Um. Definitely a sweet potato casserole. Is that number three or number one? Ooh, I don't know if I can do one through three right that's now. Fine, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Okay. That, that brain capacity is. is <laughs> I I got to talk about the walls. I, I I'm not there yet. Um, all right, all right. So sweet potato casserole is definitely part of it. I would say. Hmm. You I'm, gonna go ma- I'm gonna go mashed potatoes. Okay. Because that's just a staple. And you can dress it up however you want. You can right. throw gravy on it. You can throw peas on it like you do. You can you scoop with rolls that you have. Yep. All yep. that. So love that. And then third side. I kind of want to say cranberry sauce. And the only reason is because it adds flavor to other sides. Like I, I was kind of leaning towards maybe a green bean casserole. Yeah. But I think the cranberry sauce is kind of more versatile. So you are not saying dressing or stuffing. Mm. I know. Dr- 
Dressing and stuffing would be below mashed potatoes and sweet potato casserole. It would replace cranberry sauce. All right. Well, it was fun while it lasted. I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. I'm done uh, with this podcast. Bro, I mean, what the f are you doing? Have you not had good stuff? Like, I'm going to, I just call it dressing because we do not stuff it in the turkey. So I will call yeah. it dressing. Yeah. But we don't. Have, yeah. Have you not had good dressing? Like, you need to eat my mom's dressing. It will blow your balls off. <laughs> I've never really had good stuffing. I don't, I mean, I apparently I have not had any that blow my balls off because my balls are still attached to me so wow so anyways for me it's number one and it's not even a close number one is 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 dressing i mean it is the goat of our family like i mean i remember my grandfather would sometimes just go get a bowl of, of of dressing and just eat it before the whole meal like even started so for me dressing number one I'm going to say my aunt's corn, number two. It is awesome. And corn, it's kind of like a, not a corn casserole, but it's not a, it's not a loose leaf corn. Like it's not like the little, it's got, it's got a little something, something with it. Mm -hmm. So, and it, it's kind of a different change of pace. So, and I can't say mashed potatoes because then I'd have to have peas. And so I can't do that. So <laughs> I'll do, um, I'll do probably sweet potato casserole, even though like I love sweet potatoes. And I like sweet potato casserole, um, but I'm going to go with it by default because I can't do peas, mashed potatoes, and gravy, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, because so, it's, it's a threefer. You can't, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can't I, Yeah, I can't use all – I mean, I can't use two <laughs> of them. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, anyways, well, I'm great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you had a good a good Thanksgiving. Uh, it was – like I said, mine was great. I was down in, in Memphis. So, uh, but yeah, we, uh, came back yesterday and I rode in the car and, uh, got my notes down. I usually have one notebook for notes, but the only thing I had in the car with me was my workout log. So I put my notes in there. What's in between that? the squat reps and the bench. Supposed to, supposed to say bench <laughs> three forty for five. No way. He's huge. No way. <laughs> Oh goodness! So yeah, let's let's hear what's what's your thoughts. It's nice to get back on the win side. Oh my gosh, it feels a lot better. It feels nice to not worry about a game. You know, I mean, definitely so you weren't worried, worried at all. Worried to start. Worried to start for sure. Okay. Yeah, but got to a point where I wasn't. You know, um, so that's nice. Again, obviously, like South Carolina was just edge of your seat the entire time, pretty much right. till Hendon got hurt. Um. So that was very nice. Uh, you know, this is – there's silver lining everywhere. There's good and there's also bad. Um, you know, I like to say, like, it's never as good as you think. It's never as bad as you think. You know, I loved it when it happened. I thought the score was great. But then I just kept noticing the things that are negative. And I do think it literally is because of – the bad taste in my mouth from the week before that I'm like, yeah, look how bad that shit looks. Like, you know what I mean? Just right. like yeah. picking out that stuff. Um, but it's still like, Hey, you beat a Vanderbilt team that has five wins that beat Kentucky that beat Florida. And then you beat them 56, nothing. Like you still had a very impressive day. They had a lot to play for in a bowl game and you're on your backups, and you had half your offensive line out <laughs> at one point. And 
you were still able to crush them and win that game, which is exactly what you should do. This should never be a close game, back and forth game, whatever. This should be a uh, an ass kicking. I remember being in the stands when I was much younger when they broke the streak against us when Jay Cutler came in, yeah, uh, and 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 beat us here in Knoxville. And that, they that just, hey, they just had to have Jordan Rogers on the call. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah, I know, I know. I listen. I we thank goodness we were in, we were in Memphis, and when the game started, we were watching it. But we were at a restaurant when, it, like I said, when it first kicked off, and so I didn't have to hear him. And then when we got home, we had two TVs going. And the UT game was kind of out of hand at that point. So I actually really didn't have to listen to him. I'm not a big Cole Kubelik guy either. So I didn't, you know, I don't really care about hearing his stuff. But um, yeah, so I didn't have to listen to it. But I, going back to Russ, and I remember sitting in that in the stadium and watching Jay Keller. And I remember growing up and being like, as a UT fan, as a little, as a little runt, you don't lose to Kentucky and you don't lose to Vandy. And I remember, like, it was kind of a shock. Like, we lost to Vandy. Like, Jay Cutler beat us. And it was yeah. like, it was like, holy moly, like, we, we just lost. So, there goes one streak. Because, you know, at that, that time, I think the streak was, you know, mid to high 20s. And it's like, okay, well, we still have Kentucky. We're still Kentucky's daddy. And then they ended up beating us. And I was at, you know, at that game when they beat us. And that whole debacle. Well, you were too because we saw each other. But that whole debacle. <laughs> and so, then, like, the streaks kind of ended. And then I remember sitting – in the stands uh, here in Knoxville again, it was cold. And I always tell the story. It was Butch Jones' first year, two weeks to prepare, go to a bowl game. And James Franklin came in here and, and, and beat us. And I was just like, what the hell's going on? Like, you know, and then fast forward to another Butch year when we have a chance to go to the Sugar Bowl and they beat us there with, you know, with Derek Mason. And so it's just like, there's there still is and there always will be like that little they they are they're like the little little brother like we're the oldest and like Kentucky's like the middle child and then Vandy's like the baby who's just like a little a little wuss like always runs to mama and so we was weird going into it and I'll and I'll, I'll say this like I wasn't necessarily nervous we lose the game but I should have had my biggest gambling win of the year <laughs> And scared money don't make no money, and I was scared because I, I mean, I lost, I lost 150 bucks on the on the South Carolina game, which is the most like this year, like the most I will put on a game is 100 bucks. Yeah, and I've won more of those because I've you know put Tennessee money line or whatever, and I hate laying a lot of points, but like South Carolina just whipped us. Like I lost the first quarter and I lost the game, and I'm like, what if we do come out? Like, what if it's bad weather? Like, what if Joe? is overthrowing it. Like, it could have easily happened where first first down is a run for two yards. Uh, you know, second down, we take a shot, and he overthrows it. Third down, incomplete pass. And then Vandy's in the game. They have a kind of methodical drive, and then you look up. It's like, I still don't think we're going to lose, but, like, it's 7 nothing, Vandy. Yeah. And so, so it was like this weird I thing. I mean, no one believed that this would be a shutout after no. last week. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, and that's the thing is, like, I had gotten to the point where I trusted this team so much that it like, you know, it's that saying like when it takes a lot to build up trust, but it just takes basically, you know, it, it takes a lot to build the trust up, but you can lose it just like that. And that's how it was for me with the South Carolina game. So I'm like 14 points. Hell, I don't know. I mean, I hope it's Vandy. We should kill them. And the other thing is too, like 
This isn't Vandy that's two wins, three wins, and and the spread is just what it is because how we look. It's like they did beat Kentucky, they did beat Florida, and like they they did it kind of handily. So it's like I don't know what the hell we're getting into, but you know, game starts out and it was just really nice, Kyler, to see that this is what I grew up with. Yeah. We just beat the hell out of Andy. Like it, it is what it is. Even if we don't play our best game, we're gonna beat the hell out of him. We're gonna throw. We beat, the, we beat the hell out of Andy. We win ten games. We're going to New York Six Bowl. That's that's what we grew up on. So it does feel like almost reminiscent of like, oh, I'm a six year old again, seven year old. Like I'm a I'm a I'm an 11, 12 year old again. Like that. This is this is what I grew up on. Absolutely, absolutely. It was. Uh, it was nice to see the all whites back. Like I said, I did like the I like the orange helmets. I hope we see them again with some other combinations. But the icy whites are my favorite. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this. I think Vandy, in a weird way, like had a chance until maybe one or two plays, uh, and we'll go over them. And then it was just kind of like it was like, yeah, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. And I was just you know, kick, I'm like, man, I'm happy we won. I guess I look like a damn fool for not because I looked at it. It was like first quarter was like five and a half. First half was like seven, and then the and then the game was fourteen. I mean, I should have gone fifty fifty hundred and 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 cleaned house. And, yeah, you know, I was scared, but uh, but yeah. So, anyways, like let's let's just kind of jump into it. Uh, let's do it. You know, I got everything broken you. down as the game goes, and you know, just little points from each drive. Um, so uh, we you know started out getting the ball first. And this was the first – like, this is really the first time Heupel took the ball. Like, they won the toss and he took it. And, I mean, it's pretty smart. He said, I don't know what the weather's going to be like. It might be worse in the second half. I'm going to take it now. Did he say that? Or you're just Yeah, saying? that's what they said in the broadcast. And I was oh, like, okay. it makes a lot of sense. And it, that is That does make a lot of sense. Um, so, I mean, great opening drive. And you see the pass from Milton to Hyatt. And that that kind of throw is every expectation that every Tennessee Vol fan has for Joe Milton is that throw right there being like, hell yes. I know every single person saw that and go, 2023, here we come, baby. Here we come. If Joe can just control his deep ball, he will kill people. And it was great to see. Hold Obviously, on. it did not go that way the rest of the game. Okay. Right. But it was great to see the first time. Um, I loved seeing Squirrel out there more and getting him in open space as much as we – the amount that Jalen sucks in open space is the same amount that Squirrel is awesome in open space. Like, he is incredible. So, I would love to see that more. Um, and then Jabari finishes the drive – with a touchdown, which is great. You know, four plays. Here we go. So, uh, yeah, for, first off, we got in a lot of arguments in the in my group chat. It's nothing against Joe, man. Like, just leopards don't change their spots. And I just don't – I'm not trying to get into this now. We got an entire offseason to talk about it. But, like, for me, Joe's not the guy. He's just not. Like, I don't think something's going to change with him. Yeah. Like, you either it's, have, it, it's because it's been over a year and it hasn't. So it's either, like, what what makes accurate. you believe? You're either accurate or you're not. It's it, Accuracy is one of those things that is kind of hard to work on. Like, you can get better with it for sure, whether you work on your mechanics, 
or the level of throws that you're trying to make, you know, whatever. And for him, I bet it's tough not to make certain throws because he can basically make every throw in the book strength-wise, distance-wise. And don't get me wrong, I thought he had some really nice there, – there was one early on in the game where he was kind of right hash throwing it left left boundary, and it was beautiful to Jalen. Like, that play itself, which we'll talk about, it's like – not hard, but like it's it's got some risk to it, and they those two guys made it look like cake. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I'll say this: I I think it was massive that he had his hit early in the game. Yeah, because that is what we do. That is what makes us who we are. Like they have talked about it, we are a boxer or an MMA fighter that tries to KO you in the first round, first round or two. Not saying we can't go the distance because they can. But it helps a lot when we can hit. So the fact that Jalen made that catch, I think, was huge, Kyler. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, to, to, to talk about those plays, first off, I love the pre-snap alignment for that first screen we got to, to squirrel. Um, squirrel. Because of, if you go back and watch how tight it was, there's, there's not a lot of times that you see a lot of tight screens like that. I mean, really, if you see a tight screen like that, it's usually like a tight end screen. You know, but most of the time it's like you got your, you know, your number two or number three who's going out or you have number one who's coming in. And then obviously you have your inside screens that are to a running back or like I said, to a, a tight end. But the fact that it was like, all right, let's let's get let's get Jacob in here, which it was a super easy block for him the way they played it, because they had their they kind of do what we do where they have three defense linemen standing or in, um, hands in the dirt and the other guy standing up kind of like Byron Young does. So he comes off the edge. Jacob doesn't even have to touch him, lets him get equal with him and blocks him. So that's perfect. And then you have the other whatever receiver, whoever it was. And it's like it's also an easy, quick throw for a screen to your best player in open field in a night where it's raining. You don't have and to make a long where your quarterback's getting his first start of the season. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so it's like make it as easy as you can for him. Mm-hmm. And yes, Squirrel White, I don't think I've ever watched him not make at least one person miss in the open field. And I maybe I am now the people who loved Hyatt since basically he started here and basically since he had that first catch he had as a freshman against Alabama and we saw what he, he was capable of speed-wise. Like, that's how I, I feel how excited I am for Squirrel. And I think most people – and I said this when we watched his highlight film in high school, like, this dude is not just a scat guy. Like, this is not just an, an offensive weapon, meaning, like, He's good, but he's not good enough to be at one position. I, I legitimately think that he can play outside. So, you know, he can play X, he can play Y, he can play whatever, you know, outside, inside receiver, whatever. You know, put him in the backfield. Like, I think he's mm. good enough to do all of them, but he's also good enough to actually start in one of them. And what yeah. I mean by that is offensive weapons, you know, there are guys that are like, you know, like a Dexter McClesser, um, a uh, Percy Harvard, or some of those guys, you know, from the SEC past that were like, you know, they were good but they were almost like they were good at a lot, but not great at anything. I actually legitimately feel like Squirrel White can be really good because I think he's going to be able to do it all. I really do, even with yeah. his with his size. Where it was like McCluster and Percy, it was very much like get them the ball with people not around them, and they will kill it. But they don't know how to run a post corner. Right. You know what I mean? Like that, or, or- that's what it was like. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know the technique. They, they like the routes are just struggle to them. But man, if you get them one on one with somebody, they're gonna make that man miss. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and then lastly on that, la- on the, on the, for the first offensive possession, um, I thought it was hilarious that they, that Vanderbilt tried to rush three. I mean, the offensive line had great protection. Um, yeah. Vanderbilt went to bear to start the game. And then they, <laughs> they changed to a four, three towards the end. Um, I guess just cause we were doing whatever we wanted. And then we busted a 50 yard run and then an 80 yard run. <laughs> it was just bad. Yeah. Well, the, and the last thing I'll say on uh, on the first offense drive, that's a true freshman corner out there that was trying to stick with Jalen. And they had him inside shade. I don't know why, but he was inside shade, and Jalen just barely had to kind of maneuver, like kind of just, just bend raining. out. He just he just kind of bent out the slight bit. Like, dude was screwed from the beginning. He was out there on an island by himself. He wasn't going to be able to get a hand on Jalen. It's just like – I mean, it's it's cake. All you, like I like well, like I said, all you had to do is just make the throw, and thank goodness Joe made it early. Yeah, thank goodness. Um, going on defense, uh, good defensive drive. Um, I had be you know Banks. This like seeing this. It, it, I honestly believe that my take from last week is solidified with how Banks played and the way he flew around and the way he pursued on certain plays and tackled guys for five or six yard gains, but he was running from his linebacker spot that whole way and took him out on the sideline. So he did that multiple times where I was like, this is what should have happened versus South Carolina. And what happened is Juwan Mitchell did two hand touch. You know what I mean? Where Jeremy brought the damn wood to people. Like he didn't care. Um, so I do think he made a difference for sure. Like I think him being on the field for South Carolina would have made a difference in our defense. Yeah, but I don't think I, – I personally don't think that just – just. I don't think one guy makes you win the game. Yeah, right. But maybe you have two stops instead of one. So uh, – No, I, yeah, I feel you. And I was um, – um, I meant to tell you – so I was talking with uh, Lou, my uncle, down there in Memphis. He knows a ton of people down there. One thing that he had heard was I think the I think his name is Aaron Hayden, the guy that used to play running back at Tennessee, and then his son was like a four star from Christian Brothers down there, and now he's the running back at Ohio State. Hmm. Um, I think Aaron is really close with Jeremy or whatever, and he talked with him, and I think they did a radio hit on one of the local sports radios in Memphis. But then I think my uncle also talked to some people, and the reason he supposedly got suspended was there not, there wasn't altercations or anything like this. Like, yeah, maybe there were some disagreements and some words being said, but like that literally happens every day in a locker room. Like every day someone is getting ragged at or someone's arguing or wanting to fight somebody. Um, but supposedly they said Jeremy was like late to, and I, we don't know. We don't know. I'm just saying what I heard. What well, you and I'll find out at some point, but if people do still care about it, like supposedly he was late to a meeting uh, and like late to practice somehow. And if that's the case, that is really, 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 it just really stinks because it's like, how can you're the leader on defense, you know, with two games to play to have a chance to add a national championship and he's late to something. Now, I don't, yeah. like I said, I don't, I don't know how true it is, but you know, that's just what, what the talk was down there. Yeah. I, you know, it does, it does stink if that is the talk, but it also doesn't stink because the leader of our program said, that's not going to fly. You're not playing, which 
there's a lot of guys who have been coaches in the past who have let guys play, who don't give a shit if they go to class, who don't care if they show the meetings up on time. <laughs> um, and they get to do whatever they want. So I, I like that. No hyperbole. I think that might be one of the best things that you've ever added to this podcast. <laughs> I'm not I'm not joking. I'm not joking because I think people don't understand. Like there is a very fine line with coaches uh, that it's like I need these elite players. Um, and I'm not calling him elite, but like I need these guys who are really, really elite. And that's why they'll go out of their way to do the recruiting nonsense. Or I need these really good players like, hey, this is you know, one of the best players on our team. You know, Kyler Kerbison is one of the best players on our offensive line, like one on our on our offense, and we need him. But like you and I talked about last week, no one's ever bigger than the program. And I completely agree with you, Kyler, that if you let someone get away with that, it is game over because everyone else sees it and everyone else is like, hey, he either plays favorites, which you lose credibility with everyone if you're playing favorites. Mm-hmm. Don't back your word up. And I've been around coaches that wanted to act like they were a bunch of hard asses, and they weren't. Like, they didn't they didn't really hold you to what they said they were going to do. And yeah. I'm happy you said that because I think that is such great insight. And I love it because we still should have beaten South Carolina. I for, and, and these other people still that, that still swear that, like, this defense just gave up, like, meaning, like, they just quit – they may have given up in the second half because they just thought it was over and and they just kind of naturally quit. But I don't I will never ever think that they just went into this game and said, F it. We're pissed. So we're just yeah. not, like no one would ever make me believe that. I matter of fact, those guys could even come and tell me that that's what they did. They say we just decided to throw our entire season because we were pissed about something. I'd be like, well you're lying. Someone's trolling me. Yeah. Like because people aren't people aren't going to to do, you know, just just quit because of that nonsense. No, it doesn't make any sense because everything no. that motivates them as an individual is it's better if they win that game than if they lose it. So there's no way they're going into the game going, I'm not going to win this for some petty BS. You know, whatever happened. I, I really think I really think it's what what Aaron Beasley said. I think they came in expecting just to, hey, we're not like, hey, we're Tennessee, we're better. But I think they just kind of were like, we're going to come in, we're going to play our game, and that and that's all that we got to do. But guess what? They didn't play their game. And having that mindset and – it, and listen, it happens, man. Like, it, it happens. I have a really good analogy for when we talk about this season. Um, yes, yeah. it is. It is golf-related, but I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> of course, it's golf-related. <laughs> the weather's gotten colder, so our golf talk has diminished, but it'll come back. Um, okay. So that defensive drive, um, just thought Beasley and Banks were running around good group tackles. There were an offsides on the defense. There were too many of those. I think we had three, that's three too many. Um, and you know, they had a drop snap, which put them back very far. And then third and 22 Joseph's one-on-one on their tackle beats them around the edge. He is going to be so good, and I cannot wait. Like, he looks – he looks like – I mean, he could be the most dangerous weapon on our defense for the next two years easily because the way his body is built right now, I mean, just put a little bit of – put 
25 pounds on him and the way he moves and the way he uses his hands and he dips and gets around the edge and his speed coming off. It's just like, Oh man, this guy's going to be deadly. I yeah. can't wait. No, I agree. And, and don't and listen, don't just because Joshua Joseph, Joshua Joseph is playing as a true freshman. Don't let that mean that like James Pierce, it can't. Oh, be just, yeah. There's plenty of people in your grade alone at Catholic that played before you did, and they were never half the football player. You are people mature and people um, people mature at different speeds. People pick up stuff at different speeds. Mm-hmm. So don't get it twisted. I'm not saying Joshua Joseph still can't be incredible, but like we don't need to forget about his, you know, outside linebacker rushing partner in James Pierce because he still oh. has a great opportunity too. We're going to talk about Tyree in a little bit. Oh, 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 <laughs> we are. We are going to talk about Tyree. So anyway, yeah. so real quick for me. Uh, man, it was so good to see once again Aaron Beasley does it again. I'm so fired up that he's coming back one more year. Uh, his read, react, his block shed. He reminds me a lot of David Long for the Titans, who's probably my favorite player to watch right now in the NFL. A guy who's, you know, 5'10, 220, and he's playing linebacker in the NFL because of how well he uses his hands mm-hmm. and like how, we- how well he just avoids blocks. You know, and he doesn't even have to shed them because he just avoids them. And, and Beasley does that a lot. And then Beasley has another good hit and stick. Um, it was nice to see another good block take on this week by Christian Charles, one of our corners. Now, I didn't like that he didn't shed well, but dadgum, he came up, he flew up, and he stuck his nose in there on the block and at least brought the physicality that I felt like and, we did that we didn't see last week. And we had another play where Tamaria went through two guys. So, yeah, and that was my next one. It's just, well, that's the same play. It's like nice shed and tackle by Tamarian. I, I really think that one. this is one of the plays that kind of killed him. It's it's very early in the game. But they were kind of moving the ball decently well, and when they when they had that botch snap, it was just kind of like – it kind of like killed their momentum for that drive, but it also gave us another chance to to go ahead and kind of like mm-hmm. – you know, we didn't, score, we didn't score right away, but it kind of was like, all right, we're not going to get in the back and forth. We're not going to let them gain confidence. Because in a game where you are the better team, the last thing you want to do is let this other team hang around. So I actually think – that really, really hurt them. And I'll just go ahead and say, spoiler alert, the other play that I think actually ended up killing them was D. Williams' house call. Yeah, definitely. So. Definitely nail in the coffin on that one. Um, okay, so we go back on offense. Uh, this is the drive where we come back to reality on Joe Milton. Um, you know, he – Hits a bullet, come back to Hyatt, which is good. Um, you know, like six yards, I think. Then it doesn't seem to anything to be open. Hyatt's not open on his left, and he decides not to run for it and just throws that out of bounds. And it was one of those where I'm sure everyone watching was like, why didn't he run that? Like, just go ahead and take off um, because that's what Hooker would have done. Uh, so – you know, that's the difference between a first and a second. And then good protection. And he just straight up overthrows Squirrel. Um, you know, I think there was a safety that was close. But still, man, it's just like, dang it. Like, I thought we were going to be okay. But it doesn't look like it. So, offensively, for me, I, I love the deep – this was like the deep comeback from Jalen and, and Joe, and it was nice, and it looked very, very smooth and easy. And then, we, like you said, we come back to earth. And like I said, I'm not trying to beat him up uh, at all. 
but like it does frustrate not frustrate me but it like worries me a slight bit and i shouldn't because I, i'm gonna trust big daddy hype the magician mm. um trademarked by reed bacon believe in football um <laughs> but yeah because now i'm like all right well is it gonna be taven jackson is it gonna be is is nico gonna be here which i thought nico you know if nico gets here in january he'll be able to practice in ball practice i think i'm not really sure how that works Sometimes, uh, yeah, because depending on when he graduates from high school, like when their semester ends. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, so if he gets here, that's a lot to put on a true freshman. I don't care how talented you are, but like, I, I this I don't know if I've heard anyone say this, and so I'll be the first one to go ahead and get it out there. Like, I will not be surprised if we get a grad transfer or a transfer quarterback in. I, I, I'm being I'm being serious. That makes sense. I, I know they want they like even when you and I went to practice, we saw how much they were working with Joe. It, you know they knew Hendon was their guy for this year, but they also know that like hey if Hendon gets hurt, which he ended up getting hurt, but it was late in the season, then we have to have this guy. And so that's why I think they were putting so much effort and energy to him at practice more than maybe I have ever seen them work with a backup. And I don't know how you felt like how much you saw your backups get work but it's like they 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 and you know I think they still really believe in 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 Joe and it's like you they also see him and they're like if I can just pull it out of him mm-hmm. and you know coaches are like that coaches I mean hell oh, yeah. NFL NFL coaches and GMs lose their jobs all the time and pro- matter of fact college coaches probably lose their jobs all the time because they recruit a guy and like I can mold this and then they don't and so I'm like I said I'm just going to say it like I don't think Heupel goes into next year uh, and I mean, look at his look at his track record. I mean, he brought in a ton of transfers his first year. Like he was just like bringing as many as we can. We're gonna have competition. Yep. So yeah. and and also, I'll just go ahead and get it out there that uh, I on this podcast said it first on eleven twenty eight twenty twenty two eight oh six p.m. That yes. oh, I should we'll finish. we'll, yeah, we'll so make sure in timestamp eight oh six p.m. eleven twenty eight twenty two that I would not be shocked if Hype Daddy the Magician brings in a grad transfer or or just a transfer in general to be there with Taven and Nico. Okay, good to know. Um, all right, going back on defense, uh, DeJon Terry offsides, not great. Uh, great play call by Banks, sent in the safety blitz. Wesley Walker sees the sweep coming, gets right in the backfield, makes a tackle. That kind of play is a prime example of multiple things coming together because Tim Banks can call that and he can call that play and it's set up perfectly for Wesley to make that tackle. But if Wesley doesn't make the tackle, that guy is gone. He's got time. He's got space. He can do whatever he wants. He's got blockers in front of him and it's a long touchdown that might not seem like, you know, we're doing well on defense and maybe it's the defensive coordinator's fault. It's like, guys, this happens every play, every single play where the coordinator, the coach calls and tells you, this is what you're supposed to do. And a guy on a play will mess up. He will not do his responsibility. He will fail. And that gets guys fired. 
and it gets a lot more guys fired in the NFL because players get fired too. But that happens. So the narrative of like it's all the players or it's all the coaches, I just it's just not. It's just not it. Um, yeah, I um, that's and I know we're just getting off on tangents on every drive, but yeah, still. Whatever. whatever, it's fine. I I'm glad that you brought that. So I wanted to ask you because I watched that a bunch, and I'm not sure if it was uh, he was supposed to be coming on a safety blitz, and then he just read it and it kind of worked out, or if maybe he like he was supposed to be playing in the box, and then he sees it, so he shoots it. I don't know. I I hope that at one point we get to interview Wesley and ask him like what happened on that. I mean, that was as I put in my notes. That is an all-SEC, all-American, Eric Berry, Tyron Matthew type play. I mean, that's exactly what that was, is that is a hell of a play. I love to see it. I thought it was huge for momentum. And I'm going to be honest, Tyler, I like having Tamarian and and Wesley Walker on uh, the field at the same time. And, like, not to knock Trey, uh, Trayvon Flowers, because, like, I've seen him make some pretty nice plays in the backfield or, like, some nice little tackles in the backfield. Um, but I, I think Wesley's the better athlete. And like, I also mm-hmm. think, I think they're, they're, I'd say football wise, I would say they're probably very similar, but like, I think, I think Wesley's a better athlete. And so I, I like agree. to have him back there at safety. I agree. Um, and then I don't know if it was a couple of plays later, but, um, Banks drops a pick. God, it was beautiful. His, the, his dropping in the zone, seeing that the tight ends running an out route, he's watching the tight end, he sees his, he sees this route. He follows. He immediately sticks his foot in the ground, takes off, and instead of staring at the tight end, looks and tries to find the ball, and he's right there for it. It's like he plays it perfect. Um, it just sucks he didn't come away with that because talk about nailing the coffin, that that could have really turned some stuff around. Agreed. Agreed. And that play, right, that, that honestly was one of the more impressed – more impressive plays for me that I've seen Jeremy make in his, in his career. Yeah. And, and it's not fair to him because like, there's probably plenty of times that he's done that. And I just didn't get the angle that they got a great TV angle of it when they showed it. But I mean, I was talking about this like two or three pods ago that like, this is why guys in the NFL or even in college are two down linebackers compared to being three down backers. Like, cause you gotta be able to play the run and the pass. And I was very impressed. He realizes it's pass. He gets his drop, his, his, you know, he has his reach steps and he gets in his drop steps. He opens up his hips. He finds his guy. He starts breaking that way. And then when he realizes, let me go ahead and take a quick peek back at the quarterback. And I, I was, it was a beautiful, beautiful play. Yes, he dropped it, but like I was still thoroughly, thoroughly impressed by everything that he did, how to, how to play that as a linebacker. Very much. I, um, hell, I wish, I wish some safeties could play some coverage like that on tight ends at times. Yeah. Break on some balls. Uh, all right, so we go back on offense. Um, we just keep running the counter versus their bear defense, and it just keeps killing them. And I've said this on the podcast before, gap scheme versus bear defense. You cannot do not run zone versus bear run. Gap scheme works. Um, then, you know, we see Dylan Sampson in the game start to get some play, and Dylan Sampson might be the best pass blocker in the running back room, like bar none. Uh, he did great all day. I wrote it down multiple times. Great blitz pickup, great blitz pickup, great pickup of the other guy's guy. Like it's not even your guy. You're just helping everyone else out. Um, 
you know, this is another like Joe overthrows it to squirrel in the corner. Um, so it's just, it's just more proof of that. Uh, you know, Joe hit, but then Joe hits the post pattern to Ramel on fourth down. And it's like, okay, like you're accurate enough when it's intermediate routes, when it's hitches, when it's comebacks, like you're not throwing that way over their head or anything like that. It's just that deep ball. Like he cannot figure out how to take some off. He always overthrows. Um, it, so on this drive, they try and run the ball with Fant the first time on the goal line. It is possibly the worst look you could run into. I counted it up, and it literally was three versus two. Like it was Fant and Joe versus three linebackers because everybody else was man on man. And it's like, what? Like, no, obviously this is not going to work. That's one of those – that is one of those things where as a player, as a former player, and the way I used to study film, the way I used to look at things, and the way I used to – I would just always be like – no, like, let's not run it. This is awful. Like, you expect me to, like, make lemons out of freaking grapefruits. Like, I can't do this. You know, like, there's no way to do this in an effective manner. Like, someone has to mess up on the other side of the ball. So I always hated that. But then the next play, we do the fullback dive to Fant. He puts in that extra effort. But that boy, Tyree West. In at fullback right next to Fant, runs over a defender. Then Fant on a second ever grabs him and just pulls him back into the end zone. And I'm like, damn, Tyree, you trying to play O line, fam? Like, I like this. Um, but I just I just love to see that out of Tyree because it's because it is also tells me that he doesn't care about playing defense. Like it's not about hey. I get to be seen on TV when I make a tackle. It's about winning. It's about getting a touchdown. It's about making the team better. Being a full, being a blocker, you have to literally humble yourself and go, I am here to help someone else. That's it. That's all I'm here to do is to help someone else. So I love to see that. And I love it when defensive linemen are fullbacks on the goal line. So I was cracking up. Uh, yes, I have so much to hit on on this on this um on this drive. Karen, hey, why are you talking? We have a trying very to be, trying very, to be on the pod, trying to be a third co-host. We have a very, very, very important and and popular podcast that we were doing. <laughs> anyway, so Kyle, what I was saying is um you when you were like no no <laughs> I just immediately I immediately started thinking of King of Queens on there's one part. Like King of Queens, and they're trying. She's trying to get Doug to do something. Like Kevin James, he's like, "No, no, no, not doing it." Yeah, exactly. It's like, which makes sense. So it's like, why, you know, like Sork was doing it against TCU. Like I know how good Bijan Robinson is, but I see, I see Todd Downing and Mike Brable do it too. Like I get Derrick Henry's awesome. But he can't run into a nine box, a nine man box. So it was funny that you said that. Okay, so I'll kind of work back here. Um, I I saw the same thing for Tyree. Like he came off very fast, very athletic, and he brought the wood. 
He gave the second effort. And you know what else I thought was funny is I watched him to see after we scored, did he jump up and like, you know, like kind of like beat his chest and like, you know, want to get fired up with the team or like, I mean, if that's me and this is my first time, like if I dump that guy. You're going to run over to the first guy you blocked. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm going to like stand up, say something and then go to like the fans and like get them going or whatever. He just made his block, did his thing, and, like, get up and, like, jogged off. Like, it was, it was funny. Like, he was like, okay, I did my job. I'm going back over the side. He was literally, like, the reason we scored. Because Buddy's on the ground, so no one's there to grab Fan, and he pulls Fan into the end zone. Yeah, so love love to see that. Um, I actually love that Princeton left his feet. I'm just going to say it. I always loved when Tennessee when I was younger. I feel like it is Travis so – yeah, I feel like it was so difficult to stop, whether it's Jamal Lewis, Travis Henry, Travis Stevens, when they take off and really leap. Because a lot of those guys are so athletic that they can get so high. That, like, yes, every once in a while a linebacker can meet them in the air. But most of the time it's like if you're a good enough athlete and you're jumping high enough and far enough, like if he meets you in the air, you're still going to land in the end zone. Mm-hmm. It's weird that, like, athletes get better every year like we just get better and better athletes but yet i don't see this play and maybe because they the defensive athletes are better but and it wasn't even a good it wasn't a good jump by princeton like it wasn't a, a real good over top but i at least was like i i trust running backs to do that i do get a little nervous when quarterbacks do it and like my man drew Brees was so great at like he would pop it and pull it back yeah so because so many of those guys will do this and then it gets slapped and it makes me nervous but it, I was happy to see that he gave that, you know, did that. And it was awesome second effort by him and multiple other people. And Joe. Just, yeah, exactly. To just go ahead. We got a score here. We got to punch this in. So, uh, love to see that. Maybe next year we'll go to practice and I'm just going to walk up to Hype and be like, all right, Hype, here's the deal. Most athletic running back, let them actually, like, leap over and we'll see what happens. And he's like, who are you? Security. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm going to tell him not to run into a nine-man box. <laughs> Jesus. Uh loves you. All right. So then we got a really we got um a really nice block by our man Jacob Bourne on third down, which I was happy to see. So I gotta give him a shout out. Working my way back. Squirrel, not only did Squirrel have to run and get overthrown, he has to run back and we throw a screen to him the next play. I'm like, man, what it what it must be like to be 18 year old, 18 years old again and be able to break shape. And he still makes guys miss and gets like six yards. Dude must just be like the Energizer Bunny. Um, I have on here amazing blitz pickup by Dylan. Dylan is not a big guy at all. We've seen him in person. He's not a big guy. So, for him to put his his face mask in there, and like you said, it wasn't just here's the A-gap, here comes the guy blitzing, let me just stamp right up, and it's just a business decision. At that point, like, no, he had to, like, slide, pick his guy up, find his guy. So, I was very impressed with that, especially after the last time in the LSU game, he almost got Hendon – you know, knocked out of the game or, you know, mm-hmm. a bad injury. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and I had on there, score always makes one guy miss, but I've already said that. Always. Uh, all right, so back on defense. Um, you know, and I thought about this because the, Vandy's quarterback was not a thrower. Like, he really could not throw the ball. And I was like, you know, this defense is playing to where it's like, yeah, go ahead and throw it. Like, you're not very good at it. And I thought back and I go, you know what? We did that for a lot of teams this year. Like, we did that for Pitt. We did it for Florida. We did it for LSU. 
Um, and then I thought they'll, they probably did it for South Carolina and it bit him in the ass <laughs> because they thought, Hey, look at what he's done this year as a starting quarterback. Let's have him beat us with his arm. And he went ahead and did it. <laughs> so I, I was like, Oh, maybe that's one of the reasons why. Um, good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah, uh, like it, that could have gone into it. Uh, other things from that drive, the banks clapping and it's personal foul to like suggest that he's doing their snap count. I'm like, listen, I get that as an offensive lineman. You guys used to do that on the other side. They used to say move or, uh, you know, just try and imitate hut when they were trying to tell their D line to move, um, you know, and, and there was instances of clapping, but like it is absolutely obvious that he is turned around trying to talk to the safety and gives attention and claps. I just don't think it's fair to take away clapping for the whole defensive side of the ball, a common thing to do because there's a snap count that also claps. Like, that is just a dumb rule to me. Obviously, I think the rule is very uh, up for debate. Like, I think it's literally just the ref's preference on the rule that that makes a difference. But I thought it was a dumb rule. Um, let's see. Uh, great pressure by Roman. Um, upfield, they ran like a little sweep, and he came through upfield his tackle and then hadn't getting off the block, um, making the tackle, and then just seeing, like, a swarm of white jerseys over there. I see Latrell, I see Tyree, I see Bees. Like, everybody's coming to the ball. Um, and then they ended up missing the field goal on this one, but, like, another play with, like, good coverage and then good pursuit by Roman to, like, get back over there and, and make a play, so – that that was a good defensive drive, and I think that field goal really helped this defense confidence wise too, of being like, all right, like we did our job, we did a good job, like we're not letting the offense down now because I'm sure that's how they felt all week last week, is they were letting the offense down. Yeah, we talk about uh, we talk about that we'll find out, you know, really what happened that week going into South Carolina, and if there was anything. Um, and I know people really care about that. I think it'd be more intriguing to have been a fly on the wall this week and how they handled, you know, how they handled those, those film sessions, how they handled practice, how they handled the prep for Vandy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I said it last podcast, you know, we're really going to find out a lot and man, it felt great that I, that, you know, Hypo continues to prove like he is who we think he is like, he didn't let – you know, you say it all the time. You can't let South Carolina beat you twice. And so it was nice to see the bounce back. Um, but, I, yeah, I just would have loved to have seen it because, like you said, like they probably did, I mean, feel like they really let the team down and lost the opportunity for the entire team for, for the playoff. And um, But, yeah, so to start this drive, I love to see Big O. I mean – He's uh, he's awesome, man. I love seeing him. He had great push, tackle in the backfield. Love the long, white sleeve, loose loose leaf, super swaggy. You brought up Roman Harrison. Roman had a very nice game. He always always plays with his hair on fire. He got um, defensive lineman of the week. 
SEC. He mm-hmm. Yeah, he had two sacks, I think. Yeah. And I, and I don't know how many tackles for loss he had, but, like, that's just, like, that is such an important thing to have. And, like, him coming back next year, just going to be a grown man in there with a young, bunch of youngsters. It's like, I don't even care if that guy says five words to him. If they just watch the way that Roman plays, like, that's 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 a that's a hell of a leader to have. And so, exactly. uh, yeah, my man Latrell Bumpus, I love watching him, giving effort, flying around. So, yeah, I, I agree, and it was hilarious to see the, the the you know, the shank right. The, and it wasn't a full shank, but it was a pretty – Pretty bad pull, and it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was just like a Vandy thing, you know. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah. let little Vandy try a field goal, and then it's just a yanker. Yeah, the other only chance to score, and it just squeak. Yeah. Um, all right, so we get back on uh, offense. Uh, j- just, <laughs> uh, just not a good drive by uh, <laughs> by our offense. You know, we hit a bubble to high it. Uh, we try and end around a squirrel, and Ramel gets absolutely just manhandled while he's trying to block, um, and gets squirrel laid out. Uh, Vandy, Vandy did a good job of um, stretching that one out. Yeah, they did. But like I'm saying, like Ramel was coming inside to get a block, and the number thirteen just hit him in the chest and pushed him right back into squirrel. Um. Great job by Joe to get the ball out. There was all that pressure in his face, and he was still – yeah, I think it was like a low snap too. He was still able to like read and throw and get it out of his hand, which was very impressive. And then Ramel like doesn't even use his block and then goes out of bounds. You know, we have an incomplete pass the next down, and it's like, oh, so we got a punt now. And right. it, it's like those little things like – yeah, you, you might think as a player, hey, well, I just got a six-yard game. Well, it's like, well, you could have got a 10-yard game. And then we would have had th- three more plays to use. Um, so little stuff like that makes a difference. And then I almost, this, I think, was the worst overthrow of the night by Joe. I mean, Squirrel's just wide open. There's no pressure on Joe. He's got all the time in the world, and he just can't hit it. He really can't. Yeah. I I, I mean, it's it, it's insane. I, I I there were I don't know if it was a play later, um, but it might have been this one. I I think it was this one. The ball was in the air for like seventy yards. It like. I've never seen anything like that. Like where he stood and threw it to where it hit the ground was like 70 yards and he just can't complete. He's always like five to 10 yards too far. Yeah. And this isn't on him. I mean, this is, this isn't, he hasn't done anything. It's not his fault that he's a athletically and, you know, genetically gifted, you know, freak in a good way. But like, I'm just so sick of hearing about his arm strength. Like, all the tweets about it, like, you know, they want to show the highlights of him throwing a deep ball. And it's just like, yeah, like, it's awesome. But it's like the guy that goes, you know, to the driving range uh, and can blast balls and then he gets to the first tee and it's like, yeah, you hit it a mile, but it's, you know, over on number four and we're playing number one. You know, so it's like at some point it just gets old, you know, because like the point of the game is always going to be to win, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, I don't care how far you can throw it. Like, if you can't – if you can't – and like I said, it's not his fault. He, he can't help that, you know, SEC Network or ESPN or, um, you know, all these different people post it. 
you know, um, but it, yeah, it gets, it gets a little, a little frustrating. The other thing is too, I was thinking about the comment that I made about like, I didn't feel like last week they didn't have a bunch of juice with each other. I really don't think offensively they have time to give a lot of juice because they really are like trying to get to the ball and keep going quick. And I also, and I say that to say, I also think like when we see some of those screens, it's almost like they're okay with getting four or five yards because it's all about get back to the ball, line up, keep going speed compared to, you know, one of UT's favorites. When Jay, when Jawan Jennings caught the ball, he acted like it was life or death. Like he acted like every yard, every yard meant something. It's like, I feel like sometimes it's like subconscious, like, okay, well, if I get four or five yards here, like that's really the purpose of the play when you maybe could make a guy miss, you know, and, and it also, it, this is in the same family, uh, but it's something I wanted to bring up. Like, and it didn't happen much in this game. I felt like it happened a little bit in the South Carolina game. Like I'm so sick and tired of receivers where like, maybe one or two calls don't go their way. And then you feel like they're more worried about throwing their hands up for no flag before they're even really trying to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Go up, give your entire effort to catching the ball. And then if you don't catch it and you do things, then stand up and try to, but there becomes times where receivers aren't even trying to catch the ball. They're just trying to draw a flag. And like, I can openly admit that I allowed myself to do it. And I caught myself in a game. Like, what are you doing? Reed? Like, catch the ball first um you know and it, and like I said like I didn't play receiver in college obviously um but it was in it was in, it was in high school though and it was uh, I went on a seam route and got blasted way before the ball got to me and they threw the flag and I was like okay bet like perfect like 15 yards it was exactly what it was supposed to be the next time that like Tyler threw it to me and it would have like been a good catch to make but instead of like full effort like I remember like while going up for the ball I felt a little contact and then like like as quick as I felt that contact and like instead of continuing trying to catch the ball, I'm like immediately like, what, what was the flag? It's like, what are you doing? You idiot. Like, like, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, that that's, that's, that's another one of those things that like, I just feel like, you know, sometimes in the flow of the game, it's hard to realize. And that I just say all that to talk about your, you know, when like, Hey, get these extra yards. Yeah. Like don't, don't catch the slant run up or Mel's back for three yards and then just be okay with being taken out of bounds. Yeah, exactly. Um, I literally have on the next drive, because I think it was a three and out, I just said, like, great by Tamaria to stay in coverage and, like, stay back on his guy, even though it was kind of like a rolling around with a quarterback. And, like, that's, like, literally all I have. And then it's the D. Williams punt return. Well, this was also the possession where maybe the play that I fantasized about most ever making, I saw a guy do it one time when we were in high school and I was watching college and I think it was Oklahoma state. And I thought it was the most. Oh bad, yeah. I yes. thought it was badass play because not only is it, is it badass because it's an athletic play, but it shows how headsy you are. So when I saw that happen in real life, I was like, dude, that is incredible. And I always wanted an opportunity to do it. Never really had the opportunity to do it, but if they had completed that, I would have literally, pooped my pants at the restaurant that we were in just right there in Memphis. Like they would have had to come and clean a grown man's chair out because of like, if that had been completed, it would have been one of the coolest plays ever. Oh, so it, it would have been incredible. to clean a grown man. Because, And the reason it's so hedgy, it's like the quarterback, if the quarterback makes a mistake of like, Hey, I'm just trying to get rid of it, but he doesn't get rid of it far enough. Like I'm telling you, I used to fantasize about having an opportunity to do that at some point. Yeah. And incredible. Don't know the play we're talking about. It's where, 
the Vandy quarterback is pressured out. He throws it away, and Kamal tries to jump from inbounds to out of bounds without his feet touching, catch it, and throw it back in bounds. Now, you see it a lot in basketball. It's pretty common in basketball where someone will jump out, catch it, and throw it back, but it's very rare that you see it in football. Very rare. Um, so, D. Williams punt return, like you said, nail in the coffin on this one. I just absolutely love it. I could see that D was – he was going to get one eventually. I'm glad he got one this year. Also, like – D or squirrel, <laughs> whoever you want. Both of them are freaking dangerous back there. Um, so we get back on defense. Uh, I got like Beasley and his zone adjustments and his eyes were great. And just like kind of working through the zone, realizing who was coming and being able to pick it up. Um, you know, it's like third nine. He ends up throwing it into the flats. I, on that play, I saw Tyler Barron get blocked by three people at nose. And I'm like, what? How? Like, no one describes Tyler Barron as Aaron Donald, but somehow he's getting blocked by three different people. Um, and then Squirrel gets his chance at a punt return, and he gets pretty far. He almost takes it. Uh, so I love to see that too because it's like, all right, for the future, like Squirrel being back there, I, I'm I'm thinking almost every time like he could take this to the house. D is a lot faster than I thought. I, I thought when I've seen him return, I think he's like – I thought he was fast, but that he was a good returner because, like, he sets his box up well. He's a fluid athlete. No, dude is, like, legit has opportunity to be – a like, he is a burner. Like, he can go, which if you have that as a defensive back, it can be a game changer. So I will be excited. You know, we've had some injuries in the defensive backfield, and I think – Bama game, he was out mm-hmm. because, and that's why uh, Will Bright or, or or the whatever the guy's name is that ended up being the walk on that ended up coming in and playing at the last drive. Yeah, but like I had to see D in the defensive backfield because when you have that much speed, it's it's such a weapon uh, because you can be you can gamble like you can be um, you know a lot more more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and I know we talked about that. On defensively, I want to say one more thing too. Like, I got the game plan over here, and like to see Kamal take on a block, set the edge, and make a tackle at the at the at the at the line of scrimmage, and be physical again. It's like it was so great to see that. You know what I mean? Like that's what we came to notice. And like we get it, man. Everyone as an athlete has off nights. We all we all do. Everyone has an off night. But it's like I was just happy to see this defense, like you said, flying around again and trying to be physical. And and just bring in, you know, being the aggressor, being yeah, the aggressor. I agree. Um, okay, uh, let's keep going through this. Um, we got a few. We got an overthrow on the next offensive drive. We got a pi that gets us a first down. Um, this is the drive where Joe has that like incredible scramble where he gets out of a sack and runs around and. Uh, you know, it looks like he's going to be able to make a play, and he throws a, I mean, just like a rocket at Squirrel, and he can't catch it. Um, and then we go for it on fourth down, and we run with six blockers into a seven-man box, and the guy we can't block makes the tackle. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, please quit doing this. It's so dumb. It is literally the only guy we can't block. It's not on the offensive line. It's literally on calling that play versus that box. Oh, it drives me crazy. Um, 
unless you have anything, I think we need to keep moving because we're already past an hour. Um, you know, I think I thought there was a lot of guys that were forcing balls back inside and they were making an effort to do that. Like, you know, didn't see guys on the edge, but then like a linebacker would run out there on a sweep like Banks or Beasley and fight across a blocker's face instead of trying to, you know, cut back and make the tackle, make him go back inside. Um, you know, Banks had like a huge hit on the side that Charles made go back in, you know. Jalen had a good tackle that Banks made go back in. Um, let's see. Tyree West and Eason, I mean, just mauling, getting into the backfield. I love to see it. I love the fact that Tyree is literally only a freshman and he makes this much of an impact on the field. Like, thank God. Cannot wait. Um, and then, you know, Vandy's eventually just trying to run out the clock. So we don't go into halftime with more points. Um, this is the point where uh, I think Sprags and uh, Jabari go down with the injury on the same play. Yeah, and once that happened, Joe's mindset changed too because the next play he's looking at his offensive line and it's all the twos, and he immediately is like. Uh, and like kind of freaks out and runs out of the pocket when he doesn't need to yet. Um, so just like diminishes the field for him, you know. And then I, I, I was, I still felt like 25 seconds with one timeout, you could have done something with. And they decided to just run out the clock and go into halftime. And maybe they would have done something if it was Hendon. But refrained because it was Joe, which, I mean, makes sense too. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely understandable. It's absolutely. We, once again, you will hear me say this again when the season's over and we do our recap. But like, we were very spoiled with things. And the fact that we were very spoiled and we expect things is also what maybe we we got our our feelings hurt a lot and we were really upset and disappointed mm-hmm. um but we really do like you know 20 seconds and a timeout we're like okay no big deal like we'll at least get three here or at least yeah. attempt it so, so yes I, I feel you on that yeah uh okay so that was halftime come back out we're on defense um you know, I thought we were flying around. I, I thought there was a play with Tamari and Wesley just had great pursuit, like just running down the line. And then, um, you know, we forced him into a fourth down. And Garland, Amari, and Latrell were in the backfield on that play and just stuffing it for nothing. Uh, and then immediately the next play, Jabari makes two guys look oh. so silly. So silly. I I mean, I don't know if 43 on Vandy knows how to tackle. Like, he got it done to him twice and takes it for 52 yards. Jabari, his cuts are some of the nastiest things I've ever seen. They are – yes, they they are – they're the analog stick of of the Jukes. I mean, they are – they're very impressive. Uh, I love to see that. Um, I know that you've talked a little offense, a little defense. I want to say some stuff on the defense. You know, defense um, can be easy in the fact of, like, if as long as you just kind of, like, just read your keys and play with effort, 
you know, that, that alone can, can make you pretty good. The, the other thing is too, is like, if, you know, besides playing with effort, you know, and being physical, I, I kind of make effort and physical kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you use your hands well, you know, because I think hands are so important, not just as a, as, as a rusher and getting to the passer, but also is, you know, very important to get off blocks. Yeah. And that was one thing uh, that I thought we did much better about this week, whether it was, I mean, Roman Harrison on his first one uh, where he comes off and he almost has like a little like Reggie White ish, like kind of like almost like the shrug. And then he kind of reroutes and that's how he gets his first sack. And, and, and then all, like I said, all of our defensive backs were doing a good job of, setting you know setting edges are coming up and, and shedding blocks um what south carolina did so well is even if you were playing physical and even if you were playing with effort if you were being dictated to it's a terrible terrible feeling because you can't be as aggressive so you can still play with effort mm-hmm. but instead of taking uh instead of playing with effort and being aggressive you're playing an effort. It's like trying to run somebody, chase somebody down. Yeah. Or like, or like, because, because you are like on your heels and that's what they did. And then we just didn't also bring the physicality and the effort and, and all those things. So yeah. it was just nice. To, it was nice to see that man. And like, you know, I, I just, that's, that's the shit that gets me Jack and gets me fired up. And that's where I want to go and, you know, slap all these guys on the butts and just like give them a hug. Just like, man, I love that. Like I just love play. It. Play physical, play hard, you know. Yeah. And we, um, we got back to being the aggressor. Yes, exactly. I'm just going to call out some plays moving forward. Uh, Vandy fake punt. <laughs> Talk about something being Vandy. Oh, that, yes. is, that is the epitome of being Vandy. <laughs> Bro, I, I, so, so we were sitting there watching it and Austin and Lou and I set up. We were like, whoa, whoa, big boy, hold out. We're like cracking up. And I was like, someone blast him. And then he gets hit. And then Bailey comes in. And I'm like, he's like, what happened? I'm like, dude, you just missed it. It was hilarious. And I was like, and I literally said, I said, if you look up Vandy in the dictionary, this would be the play that happened. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That that punter like kind of took off. Hell yeah. It was a great first down yeah. slide. <laughs> Don't think that you know how to hold on to that football, man. Slide. Incredible. Uh, so funny. That was great. Uh, now Jalen hits it for a touchdown and just jukes 43 out again. Or, no, actually, he just goes around the edge of him um, for a long touchdown on that next drive. Um, Let's see. Uh, Oh, this this play immediately made me think of you where uh, backup quarterback is in at this point. He throws to the running back in the flat. On the like the running backs on his little bubble by himself, no blockers, and he lobs it to him. And Jalen is coming full speed. And all I thought about was like, Reed would literally pay so much money to have that scenario lined up for him. And the disappointment of Jalen in the hit not being like you said earlier with Wesley Walker. The Eric Berry play, the the Tyra Matthew play, like the Sean Taylor play, like lay his ass out, dude. I don't care if you get a penalty. Lay him out. Kyler, very funny. First game, senior year, I got to play like that. 
Now, granted, I wasn't at safety. I was at outside linebacker at this point, but they ran that exact play. And there's three things that you can do. You can either pick it off and try to house call it, or you can have a big hit up top, or you can have the big hit submarine chop them out. You just took out both their ACLs, like tabletop them, whatever you want to call it. And they like dual flip. Yes. yes. And that, oh my God, it gets me so high. Oh God. Like, <laughs> I do. Right. right. I, I just like, I, fa- I fantasize about those things. But uh, yeah, to say the least, it was just kind of like, cool. Yeah. It was all right. Like, what, what, you know, like, good tackle. Let, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Good tackle. <laughs> I will I will say this too. Um we didn't shout it out because we're already, you're already past the spot and this is my fault for not 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 shouting it out. But when Aaron Beasley was in man was not in man coverage, excuse me, but he was he was guarding his guy, whether it was zone and he picked up the guy in his zone or whatever, the guy catches it and Beasley comes in and gets that rip out and it's yes. a PBU. That has to be a play that we have to that's a very, very Awesome play from a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll make sure and find it, put it in here. Um, Roman gets one of his sacks after that. Uh, great chop of the hands by him. Um, next drive, we literally just gap scheme all the way down the field, just running counter, 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 power, counter, power. Get all the way down to the field, and then Joe hits Walker Merrill on the slant for the touchdown. Um which was great to see. Uh, was, back on I defense, happy. I was happy for Walker. You know, going back home, being yeah. back in, I was, I was happy. And Walker, I'm not saying that as like a, a charity thing. Like Walker's still young. Like he's going to have a chance to be good here for the next two years. Oh, definitely. Um, back on defense. At this point, you know, we had scored. We're up a good amount. I felt like the defense got a little relaxed because, like, Charles got beat on the double move, and then like. Kamal, like, didn't make the tackle because Beasley was coming to make the tackle, and he kind of, like, let him go. Um, So, I, like, I think we got lucky with, like – Shut up. Yeah, like, I think we got lucky in some instances. Like, there was a false start by Vandy, you know, some bad plays by them that prevented them from – ended up scoring. Um, And then, like, that drop, like – the, the the guy was open, he hit the receiver, and then it, like, somehow touched the ground underneath him. But, like, he was – he beat Wesley. He's – they're down, like, the five-yard line. You know, that's where it was, like, oh, gosh, here we go. Uh, you know, they're going to score. They're going to ruin the shutout, all that kind of stuff. Like, got a little lucky on it. Um Let's see. Uh, I want to ask you – this and, and feel free if you got any more uh we we can jump in and talk about uh some of the college football playoffs real quick um yeah. before we end but what did you feel like um like an overall grade of of the offensive line play um uh, but then i also want to just know your overall grade of the game because you see what happens like oh it's 56 to nothing but i want to know what you thought like your overall grade of of, of the performance um so overall grade of this performance, I would not even I because when I look at it, it's not the best that they can play. I yeah. saw stuff on defense, I saw stuff on offense, it's not the best. Um 
I would say B plus overall. Uh, like give me a 92 on the exam. You know what I mean? We're like 93s, maybe 92 is an A minus. 93 to 96 is an A, then A plus, like maybe a 91, like we're close. Um, but obviously there's like bad overthrows, like Ramel had a pretty bad drop uh, where I definitely think he could have caught on the sideline. Um, very rare for him, by the way. Too. It's very rare, exactly. Uh, so like, you know, random stuff like that. As an offensive line, though, I thought they played extremely well, especially the backups who just have to come into a game. That's not easy. It sucks when you're sitting on the sideline and you're just like, hey, go in there. And like Ali and Dane held their own. Dane had some pretty good blocks on his pools. Um, It was able to set up things. And I mean, like, if you can run the ball effectively to where your running back has one guy, we talk about it all the time, but he has one guy, you are doing a great job. And that's what happened a lot, where it was our running back versus one defender. Um, and we made those guys miss and, you know, accumulated that many rushing yards on the day. Uh, but, I, yeah, I, I have to give it up to the O-line. I, I'm definitely putting them in the A category because – I think that game is a lot different if the O-line doesn't play well. Yeah, I'm, I got a play right here, which is funny. We're talking about the O-line, but, like, it was the second and four where you talked about where – no, I don't think this was what you are talking about, but, like, um, Jeremiah Crawford ends up letting his guy kind of get a shot at making a sack, and Joe does a good job of, like, not allowing the sack and breaking away and then running out. He doesn't make a great throw to Squirrel. Like, he, you know, if you have some touch there and can get that to Squirrel, he's going to turn around and – make something happen, but, like, if you count it, it's, like, three seconds. It's, like, it's one of those things, again, it's, like, they're waiting for something else to open up and develop. Like, you can't put that on Jeremiah Crawford. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so, would you say, what was your grade for the offensive line, did you say? I a? would give them – I'll give them an A. Okay. Yeah. So, for my overall grade of, of the team, I, I'm, like, you said B plus. I'm probably, like – fringe b fringe b plus so like you said 92 i'm probably more like 88 89 okay but felt like and and they did it like i said i love a shutout whether you got to have a little luck a little breaks your way but there were still things that i thought could have been better and and especially offensively that we put up some massive points i love having those long runs i love that crap i absolutely love it but yeah some of the over overthrows some of the drops um, some of those different things kind of is what what brought the brought the grade down. But you know, man, it's um, it's nice to go back to being spoiled like a spoiled little brat because that's how I got to this team. Like I would always say, like this team's an absolute problem. Exactly. And, and they were, and then they weren't on that fatal night in freaking, you know, in uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I wanted to get through the game, and I wanted to finish our conversation with the rankings. Now, AP polls already out. College football rankings haven't come out yet. But where we are, what we have done, and our resume, as people look at it, is being compared to Alabama's. And if this committee votes in 
Alabama at six and us at seven, I like I will no longer trust anything with it. It would be the most egregious voting I've ever seen. And I understand that we lost when we let South Carolina put 63 on us, but to put Alabama above us is measuring us and Alabama by how bad our losses are. And that's it. That's the only criteria you're using. If you put Alabama above Tennessee, that is the only place that Alabama has a better look than Tennessee does is how bad their losses were because their losses were close and their losses were on the last place of the game to us and LSU. Our wall, our losses weren't close and we lost pretty handily. But if you look at every other metric, every single one, how many wins, how many top wins do they have? How many, uh, how, how hard of the schedule was it? You know, uh, the head to head matchup, like everything screams Tennessee. Um, and it literally, there is one side of me, he goes, you know what? I hope they ruin everyone's view on them by putting Alabama above us in this ranking and literally saying to everyone, we are biased and we are picking Alabama above you because we want Bama to play in the national championship or play in the college football play. If it's something crazy were to happen. And that's just ridiculous. It really is ridiculous that just because Alabama has won and Nick Saban's been so great and all that kind of stuff that they just want to do that. It, it, it shows that this committee needs an overhaul. They need something else that, you know, their parameters go off of um, because it, 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 it will be absolutely ridiculous if, if that ends up happening. You're the uh, yeah, it's four to one, man. It's four to one. The, the, the four is strength of schedule, head-to-head, common opponents. Um, there was one other one on there, too. Uh, yeah, like – like um, what was it? So, head-to-head, strength of schedule. Oh, um, common opponents and then best wins. Yeah. And it's like – so, all four of those are Tennessee compared to Alabama's. The only thing that Alabama has, um, you know, would be – their their losses, I guess, and it's like their best their best win is versus Texas, or yeah, or what, or Ole Miss, like, Ole Miss, which Ole Miss is bad now. I mean, they they're yeah, yeah. So you so yeah, it would be four to one. Um, and you were also probably like the fifth or sixth person, including myself, that's like we would just lose credibility with them, which, you know, the sad thing is like, this is the world we live in, but like, they don't care about their credibility. Like, you know, they're going to just say, Hey, this is what we think. And like, we might ask them to try to make an, you know, somebody might interview them and ask them for an explanation. They're just going to spin it and say, it is, you know, give some political answer. So I'm not even going to pay attention to it tomorrow. I know I'll find out and see it. Um, Like if someone tweeted at us today and I said, yeah, they'll just basically give us the middle finger. Now, you know, me, like, I am a homer uh, with that. I love them, but like, I'm also very honest and, and, and um, like, will uh, not just wear the orange goggles at all time. Like I will admit, like, I think Bryce Young's a better quarterback than Hendon hooker, like mm-hmm. watching both of them. Like, that's what I think. So I'm not just, and I, I admit that so that when I say that at Tennessee deserves to be ahead of Alabama, it doesn't sound like I'm just being a homer. Like 
I think Bryce Young is better. Like hell, I think Caleb Williams is is better than Hendon Hooker. I think Caleb, Caleb Caleb Williams might be better than Bryce Young too. But he's he's fantastic, and I I hope like I didn't want USC in it, but you know what? Like I don't necessarily think they deserve it because I think if Tennessee. I'm laughing because I just thought about Jack and I talking today, and Jack's like, "Why don't we just leave the SEC and go play in like some, and you know, go play in like the ACC or go play in like the American Conference and just go undefeated every year, and we'll just be in that playoff every year?" Because it's like, you know, like um, USC, they beat they beat UCLA, and it's like okay, and then they lose to Utah, so it's like they have two hard games. They lit, they win one, they lose one. Yeah, you know. Like, it's not the same gauntlet of schedule. But I'm to the point now where I hope they get in. And I hope TCU gets in because I don't want Ohio State and I don't want Bama in. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'll, I'll pull for, I'll pull for you know, TCU over all of them. And, you know, so it's like – but, yeah, it, they, I mean, you, yeah, you're the – like I said, you and I and multiple other people just said, like, they're going to lose credibility. But, like, I expect it. Like, I will, I will be so, so surprised if they do the right thing – and put us in front. I'm not going to say that we deserve to be in front of Ohio State. Like, I'm really to the point where, like, I guess I don't really care either way. Like, I guess Ohio State deserves to be there, even though their schedule's pretty jokey. Uh, but, like, they deserve to be there because they have one loss, we have two. But, like, if you put if you put LSU or, or, or Bama in front of us, like – and I know they won't put LSU there because LSU just had another loss. Yeah. But I'm I, saying they had not lost. And the other thing is, Kyler, that I'm, I talked to Jack about today, it's like, it's almost like you're telling us that it matters when you lose. So, so say if we lost to Georgia and then we have like another loss, like maybe right after that, but then we went out, you know, like what, you know, like, so if we lost to Missouri, not South Carolina. Or if we had lost to Florida early in the year, like right. it's not as bad. Yeah. Because, yeah, because it's like, well, you know, Bama kind of lost before we lost. So it's like, you know, they got to, they got, you know, we were number one and then we lose and we go to five. But then when we lose at five, we go all the way to 10 compared to, well, they lose and they go from, you know, whatever to eight. And, but then they kind of crept up just because other people lost. It's just a weird, it's a weird dynamic. Yeah. So, and it's also like what you were saying, like, you know, you believe Bryce Young is a better quarterback. Like, I think Alabama in a neutral site would, probably beat us right now. Like I don't have a lot of confidence in us because Joe is our quarterback right now. Like he's not used to it. Like, you know, Alabama always plays a coast closed game. So if it is neutral site, like, I don't know what happens. I definitely think Nealon had an effect on us winning that game. But if that is your reasoning for ranking, then you can't in good faith think that TCU should be above USC or above Ohio state. Uh, like your <laughs> rankings all throughout the year, like you should have ranked it differently. If you think it's just if I put this game up, who's the betting favorite? Then, well, that's what I was gonna say. Then, then Vegas should just tell us who's the four best teams. Yeah, exactly. Who would who who would be the favorite in this matchup? Like, right. That's the way yeah. to do it. But yeah, good pod, man. Just just don't even get worked up, guys. Don't even get worked up because they're gonna screw us. You know, hey, it's a lot better arguing about the college football playoffs and where we end up in it than it is screaming out of a megaphone so they don't hire Greg Shiano. So we're in a great spot right now. Um, 
All right. Uh, appreciate you guys watching and listening. If you are watching on YouTube, please uh, subscribe, like, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. It helps us so much. Helps with the algorithm. Helps us get on other people's pages. Um, if you're just listening, rate and review. Leave five stars. Download, re-download, and follow our platform or uh, our profile on all the platforms. Uh, if you want to follow us uh, at Believe in Tennessee for our main account on Twitter, at rbacon 26 read at Kyler Kerbison for myself everywhere. Uh, and then we have merch. I'm wearing it. How we doing, bud? T-shirts uh, to go along with our theme. Uh, great feel to them. Rocking the colors. So go ahead and check those out. Uh, and just really appreciate you guys. Uh, it's been a great season. Thank you for riding along with us this whole way. And we're super excited for the offseason. So, um, as always, go Vols. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.